Ladies and gentlemen, we are reunited and it feels so good as we are one week away from the show of shows. WrestleMania 34 is on the horizon and we are here today to provide you with the best front-to-end WWE coverage that you deserve. Listen online at nexterawrestling.net. You are listening to the sounds and tones and thoughts and hopes of your hosts, Tommy Sharp and the incomparable Graham GSM Matthews. It is incredible to be back here with you today. Of course, Tommy Sharp, amazing to be back in your presence. Mere days out from WrestleMania 34, nine days away from the show. Shows the grandest stage in them all, the April extravaganza. It is WrestleMania 34. That is the exact rundown that I had in mind. Now, we have a stacked lineup going into this year, and it is shaping up to be probably one of the most memorable WrestleManias in uh, uh, the modern times. And not only because of the talent on display, but because there is a very few throwback matches, very few pull-ins, celebrity anything. This is, this is a WrestleMania rooted deeply in wrestling, which is surprising based on all of the things that you can do with the WWE product right now and the things that are out there to see this high caliber of talent on display at WrestleMania. I don't think I've ever been ex as excited as I am right now. And certainly there is a lot to get through. So let, let us kick off with what I believe is the match that I have been dying to see since it was even a, a glimmer in their eyes that they could be in the WWE at all. And I am talking about the WWE Championship match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Graham, what are your thoughts just everything going into this match. Well, I gotta echo your thoughts here, Tommy Sharp. It is my main event for WrestleMania 34. And don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I'm looking forward to the mixed tag team match. I'm even looking forward to John Cena versus The Undertaker, if it is officially confirmed as of this coming night. We'll get to that soon enough. But AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, as you had said, Tom, going back years now, two and a half years ago, it was merely a dream match in the eyes and minds of many. Going back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, when these two met for the IWGP Intercontinental Continental Championship. On that night, Shinsuke Nakamura walked away with the title and the win. Will it be the same thing next Sunday? I'm not exactly sure, but I'm looking forward to it, to finding out. It's going to be a battle of wits. It's going to be a battle of integrity, strength, speed, acuity. Every sense is going to be on fire with gasoline being poured on it in all directions. This is going to be and has the potential to be one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time with the two top performers, in my opinion, that the WWE has on display today. And we will see where Daniel Brian fits into this whole picture going forward, but let's focus on the, the the history of AJ Styles building up to this match with Shinsuke Nakamura. AJ Styles has been put through the proverbial ringer to get to this point, to be the WWE Champion, to stay on top as the WWE Champion. Let's rewind real quick and let's go back to Fastlane for a moment and talk about the odds that AJ Styles had to overcome to simply continue on this path where Shinsuke Nakamura had picked up and started his sprint to WrestleMania from the Royal Rumble. Five elite athletes in Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, and John Cena. That's a pretty elite list there of athletes, of superstars with many, many world titles between them, all going up against AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Super exciting main event. In the end, as only he could, the phenomenal one, reigning supreme rather, to hold on to his WWE Championship, keeping that title match intact between himself and Nakamura after Nakamura had already beaten Rusev earlier in the evening, overcoming the odds in the Royal Rumble match. You talk about overcoming the odds. Shinsuke Nakamura won the 30-man 2018 Royal Rumble match. The road to WrestleMania for these two has been absolutely surreal, and it's going to culminate at WrestleMania. In truly impressive fashion for both of them, not only Shinsuke at the Royal Rumble, but AJ Styles truly overcoming insurmountable odds. And, and uh, this is a thread for everyone to just keep in the back of your head at home, John Cena basically forcing his way into this matchup, using his credibility and whatever is left of it to, to make an impression for what is going on in uh, the WWE right now with John Cena. And I think that uh, AJ Styles had not only the determination in his eyes to get through that match, but he was put through tables. John Cena put AJ Styles through a table, left him 
completely laid out and all of the opportunity was there for five other competitors to not pin the world champion and walk away with that title and march to WrestleMania and they did not. What does that say to you about the Phenomenal One? I mean, we talked about it before off the air with AJ Styles being the single best superstar in the company today. And if there was any proving ground, any real test for AJ Styles to prove his medal as the WWE champion, it was that six-pack challenge. Now, you go back to being him being the one to unseat the modern-day Maharaja Jinder Mahal many months ago to win that WWE championship, then going on to win the handicap match at the Rumble. Then people did not think he would escape Fastlane with the title intact. He did that as well. Now he's got his biggest challenge today in the form of Shinsuke Nakamura, a man he has never beaten. He's beaten John Cena. He's beaten Jinder Mahal. He's beaten Chris Jericho. He's beaten Shane McMahon at WrestleMania before. He has never before beaten the King of Strong Style. And on a grand stage like WrestleMania... Which one can uh, emerge victorious as well, the new champion? And, and here, here is the thing. There's, there's no underdog in this story. AJ has everything to lose. Shinsuke has everything to gain by this. But a loss for Shinsuke at the grandest stage of them all definitely puts him back at the bottom of the pack. And I think that Shinsuke can't afford to do that right now. So not only is Shinsuke been threatening mocking and antagonizing in a very polite way. I, you know, it, it comes across that way, but Shinsuke wants to put knees to faces. AJ Styles' face, and you know what? AJ Styles can take a knee to the face. I don't know if that's what it's going to take to beat AJ Styles. AJ Styles just won a huge match at Fastlane. Shinsuke Nakamura certainly went through his level, the level of competition that it takes to complete the Royal Rumble and become a winner is nothing to be scoffed at. But there was not as much on the line, and certainly there were more competitors in there distracting from what Shinsuke was doing. So, truly, I feel like AJ Styles, the champion, has the champion's benefit here. I think he certainly has the ability to walk out of this with a clean one, two, three after a phenomenal forearm straight to the face. And avenge that loss from two years ago. I mean, you talk about experience and having the edge in this match. AJ Styles has been to the show shows before. I mean, granted, he lost to Chris Jericho two years ago, but he avenged that loss the following year by beating the commissioner of SmackDown, Shane McMahon. He has been to WrestleMania twice before. Nakamura has been here for a cup of coffee. I know he just won the Royal Rumble, but... He debuted the night after WrestleMania. He has not yet competed on a stage such as WrestleMania. I think AJ might have the, you know, the edge in that respect. But as you were saying, Nakamura's been playing these amazing mind games with the Phenomenal One in recent weeks. Knees to faces. I've beaten you before. I'm going to do it again. The Phenomenal One in the ring, second to none. But I feel like uh, AJ is a great pick here to emerge victorious and hold on to that championship. But at the end of the day, I think the age of strong style is coming. And I think he will commence at WrestleMania with a new WWE champion and Shinsuke Nakamura. That's uh, fascinating. And you know what? I would be happy to see either because it is going to be an all-out brawl to see who comes out victorious in this. And similarly, if we're talking Hold on. I have Matt Taven right now on Matt my Taven, phone. Matt Taven, the kingdom zone. Yeah, the Matt Taven. You're going to have to pause for just a moment while we get back into things here. But what, we, what I was going to say is we're talking about competitors that have the advantage. We're talking about competitors that uh, have been to WrestleMania. And if we're looking at the next biggest championship match that I am excited about, it is the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Charlotte Flair, a tenured at this point, WrestleMania uh, 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 wrestler versus Asuka, a brand new face to the WWE women's uh, everything. And someone that you and I have been following and chronicling everything that Asuka has been doing from her early, from her entry into the WWE and even before that, all the way to NXT and the WWE right now. This match I, is another match. I, I can go either way. I, I certainly think that Charlotte Flair is the champion that can take the blows that Asuka can deliver, but Asuka is completely unrestricted, unrestrained, has more speed and power than nearly anyone in the entire WWE roster, men included. 
strikes that are so vicious that make me just jump and cringe in my seat. Graham, where, what side of the line do you fall in this championship match? It's hard to say. I'm rooting for both women. I mean, this is a dream match of epic proportions. You talk about Styles and Nakamura being one of the most anticipated WWE matches in recent memory. You have Charlotte and Asuka, two women that have dominated their respective brands for many, many years. And now Charlotte, the inaugural Raw Women's Champion, Back at WrestleMania 32, Asuka, the longest reigning NXT Women's Champion of all time. Not even that, the longest reigning champion of any kind in the last 25 years in WWE. A woman that has not been defeated in over two and a half years. She's beaten Sasha Banks. She's beaten Bayley on multiple occasions. She's beaten Nia Jax on multiple occasions. She has never yet faced competition quite like Charlotte, which is where I'm kind of divided here. I feel like if anyone can beat... The undefeated Empress, the, the Empress of Tomorrow, it's got to be the Flair family, you know, uh, lineage that is Charlotte Flair. Yeah, the crown jewel of the WWE, Charlotte Flair, has every advantage here. Charlotte Flair is someone that will disregard safety, will disregard everything for the win. She will go to lengths, especially at WrestleMania, that you have never seen before. And as incredible as I value Asuka, and as incredible of a performer that she is, Charlotte Flair is every bit as much of her competition. And Asuka, perhaps underestimates and believes a bit in her own hype about how well she could perform in this match. Is Asuka ready to beat WrestleMania royalty? Is she ready to take that mantle, carry it forward, and defend her streak going on past WrestleMania? Charlotte is the one with the experience in doing that. And for me, I, I certainly think the champion has a, a, a bit of an advantage having been to WrestleMania, having been a champion firmly multiple times, but I am going to go with Asuka as a win because I don't know how Asuka would possibly live it down in her own heart if she didn't go as far as to break her body to win this championship at WrestleMania. You can't deny the role this woman has been on for many, many years, not only in WWE, but as you alluded to, Tom, in NXT as well. And although she has yet to face anyone quite like Charlotte, I do feel that if anyone can beat Charlotte for that championship, it's not Miss Money the Man Carmella, it's not Natalia, it's not even Becky Lynch. It is someone from Raw. We're entering sacred ground here. We have yet to see anyone from Monday Night Raw challenge for the sacred SmackDown Women's Championship. A first-time ever scenario here. Does Asuka bring the championship to Raw? Does she jump ship to SmackDown? I'm excited to find out because my pick as well, Tommy Sharp, is Asuka. Well, it will be exciting to see which side comes out victorious. You did mention Carmella being a factor. This has uh, uh, been echoes of Seth Rollins from years, a few years ago. It could be another heist scenario, especially if, if Charlotte and Asuka are down. It could be even mid-match. The match doesn't have to conclude for, for uh, Carmella to be able to come down and w run out of the arena with the SmackDown Women's Championship. But let's not underscore any of the other fantastic matches on display. Let's certainly not under-deliver uh, uh, under on the match that I am very much looking forward to, a match that has been long in the making, and a match that has holds a lot of weight, heavy weight, championship, the universal championship, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Always a controversial topic for God knows why. What Whatever reasons people still have to not believe in Roman Reigns, whatever reasons people still have to believe he gets the proverbial push over somebody else or isn't, you know, uh, pro performing the way or talking the way you think he should. The fact of the matter is, is that he is every bit championship material, universal championship material, and WWE royalty as anybody else. And there is no one better to go toe-to-toe -to -toe and nose-to-nose -nose with the beast Brock Lesnar. I mean, with Roman Reigns, you look at his credentials over the last number of years. He's beaten, you know, Brock Lesnar in other situations before a triple threat match at Fastlane 2016. He unseated Triple H to become the WWE Champion two years ago at WrestleMania 32. WrestleMania 33, seemingly ending The Undertaker's career, albeit temporarily, but still a big win over Taker that only other Brock Lesnar can say he's accomplished. And you talk about WrestleMania 31, Roman Reigns learned on that night and going up against the Beast 
that he can't underestimate Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, regardless of whether you like him or not, dominated that outing three years ago. I think Roman Reigns has learned from his mistakes from 2015. He's going to overcome, as the big dog always does, and walk out with the Universal Championship. He's only become more of a student. Roman Reigns got to see what Goldberg brought to the table against Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns has got to see the fact that Brock Lesnar does not show up to the WWE almost ever, even when scheduled. So what does that say about Brock's in-ring ability to walk into anywhere and walk out a champion? Roman Reigns walks out of every building, even if he's limping. So there is nothing in my mind that suggests that this is going to be over quickly or smoothly and without a money in the bank interference to even come into play whatsoever. And really no shield to back up uh, Roman Reigns and nobody coming to Brock Lesnar's corner other than you know the waddling Paul Heyman. I think that Roman Reigns has absolutely everything to gain and the beast is nothing but looking over the top of Roman's head and underestimating his competition. Well, the, you got to look at the other factors here as well. You mentioned Paul Heyman. Will he play a factor in the finish? And also the fact that Brock Lesnar's contract, as WWE has been very vocal about, as has been Roman Reigns when it comes to Brock Lesnar and how much he cares or lack thereof for the WWE. Will this match be his final match in the WWE? Will he walk out with the Universal Championship? We're in a similar situation that we were in four, uh, three years ago when he almost left WWE as the WWE Champion at that time. Also, his opponent was Roman Reigns. A lot of similarities between these two WrestleManias, but I do think Roman Reigns will walk out as the new champion. I think Roman Reigns deserves to walk out as Universal Champion. He's put in every bit of the work to get this far and to stay in this picture, and it takes not only that type of focus and strength, but it takes a lot of study to get this far and not come into WrestleMania injured and not come into WrestleMania with a with a drag and a limp. Even though Brock Lesnar has done his best in the past few weeks to ensure that Roman Reigns is limping into WrestleMania, no, Roman Reigns has gotten right back up into his face every single time. And that just says to me that Brock Lesnar needs to, to soften his opponent going into this match. And I do not think that that's a good look for Brock Lesnar in any way. He's not that kind of beast. And that might show a little signs that Brock Lesnar's slowing down on his focus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had mentioned before the, the, the build-up to this bout with Brock Lesnar beating down Roman Reigns at every turn. We had seen that this past Monday night. We saw it last Monday night. We've seen it on constant occasions on Monday Night Raw. But despite that, I think Roman Reigns has it in him to overcome the odds. But I will say this before we go any further, it will not be WrestleRant Radio without the proper attire. So I did wear here today my WrestleMania 33 t-shirt that I got at last year's event. So I said I had to bring this with me to record WrestleRant Radio just to get in the WrestleMania mood right before the show of shows. So just letting you know, people, this is all audio, but I am decked out in my WrestleMania gear here today because I'm a mark like that. <laughs> you are a mark like that, and you are decked out head to toe. And for everyone listening at home, I am dressed as the ultimate warrior. Face paint and all, I got the tassels on the arms. You can't see it, you won't see a picture of it, but you know, just put that in the back of your mind. But uh, speaking of colorful, th powerful matches coming up in uh, at WrestleMania 34, I... I didn't see this match coming. I wasn't sure how it was going to take shape or where the uh, what elements would bring all of these things together for the Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss. She has been very elusive to get to to lock down in matches. She has talked her way out of matches. She has walked away from matches. She has used outside interference. She's made strange alliances, Mickey James, all kinds of things that Alexa Bliss has done to hold on to the Raw Women's Championship. And I don't think that there is a chance in hell that she is going to be able to hold on to that championship while Nia Jax is firmly holding on to the other side of that belt during that match. What do you think about Nia Jax in this match with everything that Alexa Bliss has antagonized and bullied and brought out of her. She has reached, she, uh, she has pushed Nia Jax to a level of rage that I didn't expect to see from Nia Jax. She has broken, uh, Nia Jax has broken well out of her mold, well out of being reserved, and is now on a warpath towards Alexa Bliss. Is there any outside interference? And is there anything Alexa Bliss can do to stop this juggernaut? 
I mean, we talk about matches that have been brewing and building for a long time. This goes back quite a while, Tom, to the friendship, the, the relationship that Alexa Bliss has had with Nia Jax. The only real reason they were ever friends to begin with was because she knew Nia Jax was her biggest threat to the Raw Women's Championship. This is kind of shades of Batista Triple H Evolution 2005 with Mickey James playing the Ric, Fla the Ric Flair role here with um, you know, Triple H being Alexa Bliss and her kind of coddling Nia Jax and ensuring she never goes after her championship. But it got to a point where she couldn't take it anymore. Just going off with the mouth of Nia Jax, thinking that she would be weak, targeting her size, her weight, and all these other various nasty things. But it only made Nia Jax that much angrier, that much stronger. And I just can't see a situation, I cannot see a scenario where Alexa Bliss retains her title here. I just can't. I think Nia Jax is the monster that Bliss has feared for such, for such a long time that there's no way she's going to be able to beat her. Alexa Bliss has not made enough alliances to be able to put Nia Jax down with a 1-2-3. Maybe, maybe Alexa Bliss tries to walk out of this match and use the championship advantage and to, to retain her title. But there is no way. Nia Jax has uncanny an unprecedented speed to track down someone that should be as fast as Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss might not just be that fast, but there is no way that Alexa Bliss is getting very far from that ring without being dragged by her hair back in and completely slammed to the mat for a 1-2-3 by Nia Jax. Nia Jax is going to dominate the women's division on Raw with that title in her hand. No one will be able to pry it out from her hands. Not Alexa Bliss, not any of her cronies, and she only has very few friends. And at the end of the day, when Alexa Bliss doesn't have a championship, she's going to find herself cold and alone on WrestleMania Sunday. And that is how it's going to be. Now, there's certainly a lot of great matches that we've already been discussing, but there is one match that is truly going to be awesome! <laughs> And that is going to be the Intercontinental Championship match with your Intercontinental Champion, our Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, going up against Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. What a high caliber, high quality match. Now, of course, The Miz Taraj pulling a fast one on everyone this past week, really putting the guns to everybody. Trying to pull a, a, a swerve here and really getting one over on me for a second. Are they going to play a huge factor in, in what The Miz is able to do? Do they get ejected from ringside? And, or is The Miz going to try and actually show everybody that he is the true Intercontinental Champion, that it is the most important title in the WWE, and he is going to go on to be the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion? I could see a situation where that becomes a reality. In fact, I think Miz might be just my pick to walk out the Intercontinental Champion. You talk about the Miz Taraj. I think they might have other obligations that night anyway. It has yet to be confirmed, but I do suspect they will be part of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, the uh, Memorial Battle Royal, excuse me. And if that's the case, then Miz won't have anyone in his corner. He won't have any backup. He's only going to have Rollins and Balor to face. Rollins, the same man that you alluded to earlier, Tom, walked out of WrestleMania, ran out, in other words, of WrestleMania 31, the WWE Champion. Finn Balor has yet to have any WrestleMania experience, but he's a guy that knows Miz all too well. So I think one of those two men could have a chance of becoming Intercontinental Champion, but I think Miz is so determined. He has it in his mind that he has to become the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Stick it to Daniel Bryan. Stick it to all the naysayers that never said he was going to accomplish anything in this company. And I think the same man who left WrestleMania 27 as the victor over John Cena of all people in the main event will leave WrestleMania, the new, or still rather, the Intercontinental Champion. And the biggest contributing factor, potentially, without the Miz Taraj's help, the biggest contributing factor to the Miz winning and retaining his Intercontinental Championship is the complete blood feud between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. No matter how cordial they may appear when they are together in the same ring standing next to each other smiling joking making fun of the Miz seemingly being able to tolerate standing next to each other there is nothing but bad blood and regret between the two of them there is nothing that Finn Balor holds more dear than the fact that he was robbed of his opportunity to continue on as the very first universal champion by Seth Rollins Seth Rollins has had to live with that regret that he was not able, not only able to overcome Finn Balor that night, but 
injured Finn Balor that night. And no apology can take that away or change history. Between the two of them, they are going to fight for this Intercontinental title. And they are going to be distracted with each other because that is how high caliber those two individuals are. And that is not to underscore The Miz's talent in this whatsoever. The Miz is a deadly force in this match. The Miz could win this match all on his own without any help if he chose to really go that path. I don't think he will. But I certainly think that there is enough bad blood between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor deep under those skin layers right there that is enough to distract the two of them from coming out with the belt. And I think that that is why The Miz is going to be the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. And they cancel each other out in the process. Yes, absolutely. They cancel each other out in the process. But if we're talking about canceling out, let's talk about adding in. The United States Championship match just got jacked up with a very, very big addition and a very happy Rusev day to everyone out there. The United States Champion Randy Orton, after recently attaining that title, is going up against Bobby Roode, who challenged Randy Orton for a rematch at WrestleMania and was then completely inappropriately interrupted by Jinder Mahal's just straight perseverance of influence over the WWE. It must be all the money that the modern-day Maharaja has that got him back into this title picture. God knows why Jinder Mahal is there, but he made a critical flaw. This past week, On he included Rusev in a tag team match, and Rusev pinned the United States champion Randy Orton and gained a spot at WrestleMania for the United States Championship match. These are a bunch of brutes. There's a Viper, there's a, the Glorious One, there's the Modern Day Maharaja, and then there is the Bulgarian Brute Rusev. These are some brawlers. These are some hard-nosed competitors. This is going to be a slobber knocker for the books. Graham, I don't know where to go with this. Who do you see coming out on top for the United States Championship? Well, the, the, the built-in bad blood here speaks for itself. It was Jinder Mahal who unseated Randy Orton almost exactly a year ago. One of the final shows we did together was talking about how Jinder may or may not overcome Orton to become WWE Champion, and ultimately, he did. We were treated to a six-month reign of the modern-day Maharaja, for better or for worse, but they have that built-in history there. Rusev and Rude recently clashed for the United States Championship on SmackDown, so again, Randy Orton and Rusev also faced off at SummerSlam last year, so it's really hard to go with any one of these men as the United States champion coming out of WrestleMania, but I think based off the pure fact that WrestleMania 34 just so happens to fall on Rusev Day, he's got to be my pick. I think the Bulgarian <laughs> Brute is the new United States champion coming out of WrestleMania. He just has to be. Happy Rusev Day, everyone. Happy Rusev Day. Can you imagine the absolute jubilation that would set all of New Orleans a blaze. Think about Aiden English. Oh my goodness. His reaction to the news. Oh my goodness. No, we're, we're going to hear the Shakespeare of song <laughs> down this bourbon street singing the praises of the Bulgarian brood on the most glorious of Rusev days. And that is a shot across the bow at one Bobby Roode, who absolutely deserves and was a very fitting United States champion. But given the competition, given the war path that Rusev has been on to get here, given the fact that Rusev found a way into this match, he has every opportunity to find himself the new United States champion. And this time around, he's going to have the fans behind him instead of against him. And I think that that is going to make the difference this time for Rusev. Absolutely Great insight, Mr. GSM. <laughs> now, That's what I'm here for. Now, we, we've been talking a lot about brutality. We've been talking about like really hard-line competitive action going on. And as far as tag team action goes, this tag team match that we are going to see from the SmackDown tag meet for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, I feel is one of the great triple threats that we might see in years. We're talking about the Usos, the current WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions versus The New Day, who have yet to determine which members of The New Day will be in the match, mm -hmm. and that is always a critical choice for The New Day versus the absolute destructive, demonic power of the Bludgeon Brothers. Mm -hmm. Does anyone stand a chance against the Bludgeon Brothers in a normal match here 
between just the Usos and the New Day, you have fireworks. You have nothing but head-to-head, -head, bar for bar, punch for punch, blood for blood, and by the gallon between the Usos and the New Day, with a lot of respect shared between the two of them after all their battles throughout all these years. But now we have the Bludgeon Brothers. Is there a hope that either the Usos retain or the New Day gains? It's hard to argue that there is. I mean, up to this point, from what we've seen from the Usos, the New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers, no one has been able to prove that they can stay that they can stand toe to toe with the Bludgeon Brothers. They've been knocked down at every single turn. These guys have destroyed the Usos, the New Day. We talked about Fastlane earlier. The destruction of the Usos and the New Day at the hands of the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, Harper and Rowan, speaks for itself. That carnage was simply unreal. So I think they got to be the odds-on favorite here to leave as the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. But then again, the Usos have also alluded to it on SmackDown. These guys have never before made the main card for WrestleMania. That has been eating away at these guys for nearly eight years. And if there's any time for them to rise the occasion and, and, and take home the victory and retain their titles, it's at WrestleMania in this, in, in this uh, marquee matchup. Now, unlike the bad blood that we were just talking to about uh, in the United States Championship match between those competitors or the, the, the deep-seated kind of conflict between Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, the Usos in the New Day, especially recently, have come to terms with how competitive each of them are and have a built-in line of respect. Do we see the four of them team up on the two Bludgeon Brothers and then have it out to see who's going to be the champion. Absolutely. I could see a scenario that happens. I mean, there's a lot of bad blood still there. I think Xavier Woods might be still licking his wounds from Fastlane, so I'm not sure what his status will be for WrestleMania. But the New Day might also have an advantage here as well. You talked about it, Tom, where we don't know which two members of the New Day will be wrestling in the match. So do the Usos and the Bludgeon Brothers, do they prepare for Big E? Do they prepare for Kofi Kingston or Xavier Woods? We, we don't yet know. Um, so that's also an advantage in the New Day side. But I, think, I, I still think at the end of the day, despite the fight the Usos might show and the New Day, even if they were to all team up together five on two against Harper and Rowan, the Bludgeon Brothers, your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. It would take a legitimate injury on the part of the Bludgeon Brothers, and Harper has been through one of them before, so it's not impossible. But it would take the beatdown of the century for the Bludgeon Brothers to not walk out as the new tag team champions of SmackDown Live. I think that that is going to be an absolute barn burner of a match. And speaking of setting the bar, we have the bar, the Raw tag team champions going up against Braun Strowman and potentially a partner to be named later. We still don't know. We still have a full week of WrestleMania announcements coming out. But let's speculate real quick here. Does Braun Strowman even need a partner to take out Sheamus and Cesaro? Well, from what we've seen on Raw, no. He's beaten Cesaro one-on-one. -on -one. He's beaten Sheamus one-on-one. -on -one. Now, a two-on-one scenario, that would obviously be in the bar's favor. But Braun Strowman, the guy almost got killed by a dumpster truck and came back eight days later. So I'm going to argue no. I still think he can take the Raw tag team titles by himself. But if anyone can choose a, a, a partner with chemistry, a partner that can take those titles from the bar, who have been a cohesive unit now for almost two years... It's going to be someone such as a Samoa Joe even, or a Big Cass, or someone I'm not even thinking of. But I think Braun could win the belts on his own if he wanted to. Very interesting insight there. Samoa Joe, Big Cass, names to be rumored around the internet right now. Echoes of potential returns at WrestleMania, well, and certainly surprises with, worthy of WrestleMania. Any man with two hands has a fighting chance. Oh, no. So any partner he chooses definitely has a shot of... Yeah, I've taken those titles. You could throw the Ellsworth grenade into the middle <laughs> of the ring, let everybody pound him, and then Braun Strowman comes in and clears the mm -hmm, deck. Mm -hmm. That could absolutely be true. The bar, let's, let's not underestimate Sheamus and Cesaro in any way. They have stayed on top for a reason because they don't just set the bar, they are the bar, and they live that mentality. Let's, let's face it, there has not been a cohesive tag team, especially on Raw, like the bar in years. They are holding it down. They seem to be the only ones doing it. So, given that, Braun Strowman does not, in my mind, appear to be a tag team competitor. Braun Strowman certainly has his eyes set on larger prizes than this. Do you think that Braun Strowman might take for granted what this match truly means? 
I would think I, I would think so. I could definitely see uh, an argument being made there with Braun Strowman having his sights set on the Universal Championship. I mean, again, as I had mentioned, the Bar, very established tag team. These guys have been together now for, what, a year and a half, two years almost? What, three, four-time Raw Tag Team Champions? These guys have beaten the Hardy Boys. They've beaten the Shield. They have beaten every tag team put in front of them. I know Braun Strowman is a larger-than-life competitor. Again, it really wouldn't even take him and a partner to beat the bar, but the bar knows. They know the ins and outs of tag team wrestling. They know WrestleMania. They competed in a ladder match, of all things, against the returning Hardy Boys, of all people. So I think the, uh, the bar should not be counted out, but my money remains on Braun Strowman and his mystery partner. Absolutely. I mean, the the bar, especially this week, alluding to the fact that Braun Strowman has very limited, if any, experience as a tag team competitor, knowing what any of that is like. Uh, the bar certainly has all of the experience and the championships to prove it. So, given that, they, I, I don't want to discredit the bar, but it's very hard to see a scenario in which Braun Strowman does not make sure that everyone gets those hands. So, <laughs> God, I love that line. He's uh, that t-shirt, too. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the other title that is good, though, or maybe one of the last titles that's going to be defended at WrestleMania 34 is definitely a title not to be overlooked, and the detailed work that has been being done in the Cruiserweight division today is absolutely more on fire than any nostalgic memory of WCW luchadors flying around the ring that you could possibly mention or throw out there. Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight Championship. Graham, how did we get here? Well, Tom, you got to go back to the beginning. I mean, we've been covering the Cruiserweight division since its inception in the fall of 2016. And since then, the, the Cruiserweight division has come a long way, specifically 205 Live. Now, whatever the rumors might be of it being under new management, of the game, Triple H, or whoever, the wrestling-based tournament this show has put on has been out of this world. It's been off the charts. The matches I have seen from this tournament have been just simply unbelievable. Very Cruiserweight Classic-esque. Which leads me to believe that these two, above every match we've talked about thus far, could very well steal the show. Cedric Alexander, the heart of 205 Live. Mustafa Ali, the self-proclaimed soul of 205 Live. If you put those two together, it's a match bound to steal the show. How could it not? It's all about emotion. You hear this all the time as a criticism of cruiserweight wrestling, that it's all flips, it's all glitz, it's all glam. It's this match right here, that's all about emotion. It's all about desire. It's all about passion. You see that in every single move. Every moment matters. Every hit matters. Everything is detailed down to the last drop. Studied like a true student of the game. Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali have fought tooth and nail to get this opportunity to be in this position to where they are. They will leave nothing on the table, leave no doubt in anyone's mind that the cruiserweight division is a cemented and firmly prominent place in the WWE. And I think that this match is going to be exceptional. My pull for this match is going to be Cedric Alexander. I think he has worked long and hard. He was, the, he was a true gem of the Cruiserweight Classic. Absolute incredible talent who did not go as far in the Cruiserweight Classic as he had wanted. And this time around, he has proven that he can scrape and claw his way to anywhere he wants to be in the WWE. And he has his sights set on the Cruiserweight Championship, and I believe he will walk out with it. I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, what a difference a year makes. This guy was really lighting the world on fire in the CWC in the early days of the Cruiserweight division. Really kind of fell off the face of the earth after that. Was really never given a chance to shine. I did have a chance to meet him over WrestleMania weekend a year ago. He was currently hurt at that point in time. Um, and now a year later, he's competing for the Cruiserweight Championship. I could see it just when talking to him that he had the desire, he had the fire in his eyes to become that champion. And we could see that next Sunday, and I think he will. That's absolutely true. Fire in the eyes. That is where it's coming from. And that's not to discredit Mustafa Ali, who has put in an entire journey's worth to get to this point as well. But let's talk about journey. Let's talk about the road to WrestleMania. Let's talk about Ronda Rousey joining the WWE. What a blockbuster development this year. Something that you never thought you were going to see, especially after just a brief appearance years back with The Rock in the middle of the ring. Echoes of something that you could only hope for at the time. The endorsement by Rowdy Roddy Piper. I watched Piper's one of Piper's last interviews today. Uh, and in it, 
Not only does he give his blessing to Ronda Rousey to use the Rowdy Rowdy name, but he also accepted her into his life as almost a pseudo-daughter of type. Mm -hmm. She has adopted this wrestling lineage, not just as a person growing up, and I'm not just looking at Bailey or Sasha Banks for their little nostalgic trips and, into where they think that they've been and why they think they deserve what they deserve. You know, Ronda Rousey's gone out and been a world-class competitor in every you know athletic field that she has wanted to go into, whether it's judo, whether it's the MMA, uh, UFC side of her, her personality, but she is here. She's focused. That's the kind of competitor she is, especially criticizing Stephanie McMahon and even a little bit Triple H for being personal trainer worthy of uh, <laughs> great video package uh, of, of a match. Uh, Ronda Rousey still very, very new to the world of WWE and professional wrestling today. Uh, but Kurt Angle, her partner in this tag team match against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, her partner Kurt Angle, is no slouch. Maybe he's lost a step or two, but he is every bit the intelligence, integrity, and intensity that he has always brought. And there is no doubt in my mind that when he steps in that ring as a competitor and not as a general manager, that he is the Kurt Angle of old. And Ronda Rousey is the new blood, and there is blood in the water for her to find. And that is Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Now, I could certainly see Ronda Rousey going after either competitor, Triple H or Stephanie McMahon, mm -hmm. and doing quite well for herself. <laughs> but there is a part of me that no matter who comes out on top of this match, cannot wait to see Ronda Rousey put Stephanie McMahon on her corporate ass. Graham, where do you feel? How do you feel about this matchup? And, and that's been a long time coming, too. The dynamic of this match really fascinates me. You have a woman in Ronda Rousey who I know stepped in the ring at WrestleMania three years ago but has yet to compete in a match alone within the realm of WWE. She will get that opportunity at WrestleMania. Stephanie McMahon, I feel like being overlooked in all of this, has yet to wrestle at WrestleMania. So she's also making her in-ring debut at the show of shows. Kurt Angle, his first WrestleMania back in the ring in over a decade. Triple H has been at more WrestleManias than probably anyone except for The Undertaker, so he has that in his back pocket as well. But really, the experience level in this match is unreal. We talked about Roddy Roddy Piper. 30 years ago, over 30 years ago, the first ever WrestleMania, the inaugural WrestleMania event, competed in a tag team match in the main event of that first ever WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey will have that same opportunity to do the same next Sunday at WrestleMania 34. I feel like she has to come out on top in this match. Otherwise, what sort of message does it send to the remainder of her you know, run in WWE? So I have Ronda and Kurt emerging victorious. But again, don't count out Triple H and Stephanie. They might be corporate heads. They might get their comeuppets coming to them at the hands of Rousey and Angle. But they will look very strong in defeat. I give you that. Now, based on some of the things that Triple H and Stephanie said this past week, they certainly alluded to the fact that should uh, Ronda Rousey lose this match, she would not be judged uh, unfairly going forward. It would be a, basically a reset button in their mind to teach Ronda Rousey a, a, a welcoming lesson in the ways of the WWE in their mind. And that uh, she wouldn't necessarily be barred from better opportunities going forward. She wouldn't be thrown at the bottom of the pile and discarded as new talent. She would be promoted. She would be elevated by this and she would ho hopefully learn a new respect for her corporate overlords uh, to some degree. That does not seem to be any part of what Rous Ronda Rousey has in mind. Uh, and especially Kurt Angle. What does this mean for his future role as general manager? This has to be your job is on the line, whether you win or lose. Mm -hmm. As even if you lose, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, they already think you're a loser, Kurt. <laughs> You know, and, and, and Ronda Rousey, they, they certainly want to keep you in your place. Even if the two of you win, there's nothing protecting Kurt Angle after this. There's nothing keeping Kurt Angle here. You know, uh, his, his son is uh, Jason Jordan is not going to even be able to compete at WrestleMania mm -hmm. this year, unfortunately. But certainly there's really no family ties that Kurt Angle will have after this match. So they could very clearly get to Ronda Rousey even after WrestleMania win, lose, or draw, Ronda Rousey is going to have to put such a beating on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon with the help of Kurt Angle that they are not only hurt, they're humiliated, they're demoralized, and they have to take a step back from the WWE to regroup before they even think about approaching Ronda Rousey 
with the way that they have. So that being said, I think it is all on the line for Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. This could be Kurt's last go in a ring. We might we might not see Kurt again after this. There's a real possibility that you know he he's going to be completely barred from the WWE because <laughs> of his his actions here. He's fighting would, his bosses. Yeah, he's fighting his bosses. I would not be surprised. And what happens every almost every year, seemingly Stephanie McMahon goes through another general manager. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just on a whim. Yep. So. It's all going to be on the line, and that is something that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon do not prepare well for, and they constantly find themselves coming up short, and I believe that that is exactly what's going to happen when Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle go way over Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Well, if Kurt Angle's going to go over here, he might as well go out in a blaze of glory by beating his bosses, Stephanie and Kurt Angle. Ronda has tasted defeat before in the UFC twice, might I add, something I'm sure she does not want to experience again, making me that much more confident in my pick of Rousey and Angle. Absolutely. Now, confident picks coming up here. We have two major, major uh, matches, two huge battle royals both men's and women's battle royals. Let's start off with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So far, the only listed competitors that have been announced for this battle royal are Dolph Ziggler, Matt Hardy, The Revival, Mojo Riley, Baron Corbin, Ty Dillinger, Tyler Breeze, and Fandango. Now, that is an all-star lineup, certainly worthy of competing for the glory and the memory of Andre the Giant. But I certainly feel like there are more names, surprises, and things to come here. Lots of rumors of potentially seeing Rey Mysterio Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of uh, uh, competition uh, between Bray Wyatt and what has become of him since his vessel was deleted mm-hmm. and found in the lake of reincarnation after being devastatingly run over by the mower of lawn. <laughs> There's a lot of big names in here, and certainly Dolph Ziggler, The Revival, Baron Corbin, and Brizongo are, are not to be underestimated. I mean, they, they have been healthy, active, and competing at a high level now for the whole year. Who do you think is, is either going to be added to this match, and who do you think has a, uh, has a chance here at walking away from the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal with that giant-sized trophy? Well, there's a lot of wild cards, as you mentioned. Rey Mysterio making a potential return, as we saw in the Royal Rumble a few months ago. A big cast, as I mentioned earlier. Elias is a man without a match at WrestleMania, so walk with Elias on the road to WrestleMania. Sounds Doesn't like mean he's not a man make. without a song to play. <laughs> Absolutely accurate. Um, I'm just going to say whoever you pick, Tommy Sharp, because let's go back in the archives here for one moment. One year ago, on our WrestleMania preview show, you did choose Mojo Raleigh as the winner of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So I think if anyone's going to come out on top with a correct prediction for this, it is you. I will say it's going to be the wonderful Woken Matt Hardy deleting all members, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and winning the whole thing and watching out victorious. I love that. And I certainly, you know, barring, uh, I'll I'll pick from the available announced talent. And uh, I could only speculate on someone like Samoa Joe coming back, you know, or Elias, you know, having a really big moment, or even Jeff Hardy coming back into the mix. Heck, even Bray Wyatt, a reincarnated Bray Wyatt, coming back to, to, to work alongside and delete other vessels with Matt Hardy could be absolutely incredible. I, I, I am completely convinced that the deletion of all other competition in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal will go to the hands of Matt Hardy. And I think you were dead on with that. That is exactly where I was going with that. Uh, Matt Hardy has been uh, illuminated and is bent on illuminating everyone in the WWE right now. And if you stand in his way, he will show you a new path. So I think that this will firmly cement Matt Hardy's whole direction going forward and give him that accolade and that boost of confidence to continue with his very, very important work. So I think you are you are spot on. Well, it was a WrestleMania one year ago that his vessel known as Matthew Hardy, not Woken Matt, that's a different vessel. I'm talking about the Woken Matt Hardy vessel did make his return to WrestleMania alongside brother Nero, uh, Jeff Hardy, excuse me. Um, so I think that kind of plays into the experience factor. 
for Matt Hardy, and I do have Matt Hardy uh, deleting all the other men in this matchup and procuring the victory of the eighth wonder of the earth, that being Andre the Giant, <laughs> yeah. his memorial battle royal. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> But what is also going to be exceptional, what's absolutely going to be wonderful, is going to be seeing the very first WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal match. Some star-studded competition in this match that I, I think is just going to be another match that has the possibility of stealing, you know, especially the early portion of the show. Mm -hmm. These competitors are some of my absolute favorite competitors to watch, especially this past week. I absolutely loved watching Becky uh, Lynch in competition. Absolutely. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Naomi, Natalia, and the Riot Squad are all announced and confirmed for the Women's Battle Royal. That alone is enough to have a five-star match. Becky Lynch having history with nearly everyone in this list. Mm -hmm. Sasha Banks and Bailey going at each other's throat almost constantly now. Naomi being a top-tier talent, one of the most athletic performers in the WWE, especially in the women's division. Natalia, a heart foundation legacy member of the WWE and the newly formed and introduced Riot Squad being a complete fly in the ointment. Graham, who takes this who takes this away for the first time ever? Well, I like that you mentioned Becky Lynch because she is on a bit of a roll recently. She has yet to get a WrestleMania moment. Fell short of winning the Raw Women's Championship two years ago. Fell short of winning the SmackDown Women's Championship last year. I think this is the year of the last kicker. If not her, it might be someone that's yet to be announced. The Riot Squad has numbers on their side. We have absolution in the matchup as well, but I do think Becky Lynch is the inaugural winner of the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Becky Lynch not only deserves to win this match, she's earned the opportunity to win this match. Mm -hmm. She is the underdog. She is absolutely every bit the fire and energy that it takes to be an enduring, legacy-founding superstar in the WWE. And as much as Sasha Banks wants to be the boss and Bailey wants to smooth everything over and ex express all of this bright jubilation, Becky Lynch is there day in and day out grinding and grinding and grinding away against mm -hmm. competition. Naomi, in my opinion, she's lost a step. She's lost that competitive edge. She can go out there and put on a stellar match, but does she have that fire to be the competitor she was when she was champion anymore? She, she has certainly taken her foot off the gas a little bit. And Natalia is just too naive of a competitor right now. She is too distracted with her own presence, her own persona, her own legacy to really be able to get a match like this to go in her favor. Her her skill set is very ground-based. She's a grappler, she's a little bit of a brawler, and certainly her submission tactics are not going to play into any of her favors in this match. The Riot Squad is definitely an outlier in this match. Now, they have the numbers, they have the talent, and they certainly have been posing a threat to everyone mm -hmm. on the women's roster. So that being said, Becky Lynch has insurmountable odds against her. But out of everyone's distractions, Becky Lynch is going to be fired up and focused. And I think she's going to take away the, the absolute accolade from the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal match. Got to agree. So before we get into what was the, one of the most emotional stories of all time in the WWE... Let's take a pause and talk about John Cena. John Cena has been searching for his place in WrestleMania now for what feels like over a month at mm -hmm. least, uh, and a little bit longer because he just hasn't been around like he normally is. He hasn't been the same John Cena. It seems that the crowd is finally getting to him a little bit. It seems that all the Cena suck chants which he used to be able to brush off and hold his towel up and throw it into the crowd and high-five the coach and, and, and go on. He, it seems to be grinding on him a little bit. Mm -hmm. He seems to, to, to not have that same you know, ability to overcome the odds like he used to. Mm -hmm. He seems to doubt himself. And he's definitely desperate to get attention, to get to WrestleMania, not just be a fan. Like he said, he'll go. He'll be a fan. He'll sit in the crowd. Mm -hmm. But what's going to happen when he doesn't have a WrestleMania match, when he doesn't get his precious WrestleMania moment to further his, you know, what, ego or dominance or whatever it might be for John mm -hmm. Cena at this point, a very accomplished superstar who I have a ton of respect for and love seeing to perform, and he still performs at the highest caliber and a superstar level. 
but he doesn't have a real path right now. He can make claims, he can call out names, he can summon the devil himself, but are we truly going to see the Undertaker re-emerge at WrestleMania? Graham, what do you think? In the most recent incarnation of Taker that we're used to seeing, no. I think that Taker is dead. I think we saw the last of the Phenom at WrestleMania 33. We might see Mark Calloway in some other form at WrestleMania. You know, I know there's been talks of from fans of the American Badass making a potential return. Who knows? I think this is less about Undertaker and, as you had said, Tom, all about John Cena. The man without a match at WrestleMania. I think he's finally coming to grips with the fact it's not about John Cena anymore. The John Cena era has come and gone. The my time is now era is over, and it's all about the Roman Reigns of the world, the Seth Rollins, the Finn Balors, the AJ Styles, the Shinsuke Nakamura's. It's time for Cena to move on, and the fact that he has to relegate, or resort rather, to calling out a seemingly retired legend, to me, shows that he's desperate. And I think that's going to cost him the victory if this match even comes to fruition. We're mere days out from WrestleMania, and the guy doesn't even have a confirmed contest for the event as of right now. No, and as you said, the last time we saw The Undertaker, he was a broken man. The Undertaker is dead. Maybe we will see the vessel that he is known as Mark Calloway return, mm-hmm. or potentially that has uh, has been reincarnated, a spirit of vengeance reborn, if I am to use a ghostwriter analogy, <laughs> in the American badass. Now, I'm just going to hang on that for one moment and draw a quick little allusion to the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony coming up this week, which I am very excited about. I wasn't initially excited about, but they have built it up to being something really special. I agree. Um, But one of the things that I am not 100% looking forward to, but does relate to this match, is the induction. The seemingly, you know, uh, uh, unrelated induction. (laughs) Kid of Rock. Kid Rock. Uh-huh. Now, what is Kid Rock's relation to the American Badass? The same man who performed the theme song for the original American Badass back in 2000, 2001. There's a relationship there. There is that connection. Now and he's being inducted. Does the power of Rock, does the power, the spirit of vengeance of the Undertaker, does he have enough to reincarnate, summon himself back using some of this momentum that the WWE has conjured by bringing Kid Rock into the WWE Hall of Fame. Is that enough to reincarnate The Undertaker as a new form? Only if he has taken a swim in the Lake of Reincarnation. That is the only way that happens. If he does not take a swim in the Lake of Reincarnation, we are not seeing the American Madness at WrestleMania. That is a fair assessment, and I do have to agree. I don't want to linger too much on this (laughs) would-be matchup because we still don't know very Mm. much at all. And if anything that uh, we saw with Kane this past week, it seemed to be pretty well done and buried. And John Cena hasn't been able to provoke even a, a little bit of a light show in the arena from The Undertaker, and maybe he's just not on the other end of the line. So if John Cena ends up doing his Nickelodeon Kids' Choice show uh, uh, routine at WrestleMania and becomes you know, a suit jacket-wearing uh, commentator then uh, that uh, has a, a bit of a future for him. So, you know. Or promote blockers. Either one works just as well. John Cena is the man of the silver screen, the Hollywood man as of right now. So it would not surprise me. No, no, no. John Cena rumored to be uh, potentially taking on the role of Duke Nukem. I which saw that the I other day. can't say I am disappointed <laughs> in the slightest about. Nothing surprises me with and him I anymore. And I certainly can't say I wouldn't wish John Cena well. And, uh, and his future endeavors. That he uh, has, yes. I, hope, I wish you well, Mr. Cena, on your future endeavors. <laughs> Never thought I would hear that. But uh, let's not let's not beat around the bush anymore. The one of the most emotional, one of the most incredible uh, stories uh, of wrestling of all time involves Daniel Bryan, a man from Aberdeen, Washington, the same hometown as Kurt Cobain, the ultimate underdog town uh, of the world, essentially. Uh, Nirvana rising from seeming obscurity in the Northwest, becoming as big of a band as the Beatles. Up there in history, un- unchallenged, next to some of the greatest names in music history, Nirvana, coming from Aberdeen, Washington. And now, all these years later, another long-haired, scruffy, underdog, man from Aberdeen, Washington, a logging town up in the deep northwest, takes over the entire world. Not just wrestling but sports everywhere. Mm -hmm. 
People that you would never expect to watch or hear about the WWE know the name Daniel Bryan, have participated in the Yes chant, are part of the Yes movement. Daniel Bryan brought me to tears when he retired. Daniel Bryan brought me to tears when he performed. Daniel Bryan brought me to tears when he returned. It was the most unexpected, out of nowhere moment I have ever experienced, the longest payoff, the everything that I could have ever hoped for for being a lifelong wrestling fan. To see this moment was absolute validation that this form of competition, this form of entertainment is of the highest emotional caliber. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Bryan is now cleared for competition and will be competing at WrestleMania 34. Absolutely unbelievable. Graham, what was your reaction? Had you told me this a month ago, six months ago, two years ago, I would have said, Tom, you're crazy. It's not happening. Let's get the dream scenario out of the way. He's not wrestling at WrestleMania 32, 33, 34. But here we are, WrestleMania 34, March 30th, 2018. And Daniel Bryan, we're talking about a return match for him at WrestleMania. This show wasn't already loaded enough between the first match we discussed and even the on-rated Jive Memorial Battle Royal. We have Daniel Bryan getting back in the ring with none other than the SmackDown Commissioner Shane McMahon, who has never crossed paths with before, and, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, two men he hasn't even encountered in the WWE since he came back a few years ago. So this is quite amazing. I'm looking forward to this. Daniel Bryan, uh, when I heard the news, I just went ballistic. We, we shared our adulation, our um, elation for this contest. Daniel Bryan getting back. And it's like, I, I never thought I would see the day. I knew your own investment, your fascination with Daniel Bryan. I knew you would love the news. I was excited. I was shocked as well. But the fact of the matter is, this is a reality, folks. It's not a dream. It's a dream come true. And we're getting that at WrestleMania. But the nightmare might come true as well. If Owens and Zayn win, they get their jobs back here. And SmackDown will become the, uh, you know, the site of catastrophe that it's been for many, many months now. I do think Owens and Zayn will find a way to emerge victorious. I know that's kind of a sacred to go against Daniel Bryan here in his first match back, but I feel like they have a card up their sleeve to find a way to beat Shane and Daniel Bryan. We're talking about a, a hospitalized Shane McMahon as well. The guy just was diagnosed with diverticulitis or whatever the heck it is. Diverticulitis, yeah. A, a very acute uh, internal uh, yes. uh, 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 painful painful uh, diagnosis for that and does he have enough time to now train at the high level that you need to train and not only compete at Wrestlemania but to compete alongside Daniel Bryan and compete against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn this is going to be a very very brutal and tough matchup between all of the competitors involved but is there a potential like you said the jobs of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's future in the WWE are on the line. And anytime you back someone into a corner like that, they are going to come out with everything they got. Mm -hmm. But Daniel Bryan has been a general manager now for the last long, long run, over a year now. Just about two, yeah. Does Daniel Bryan have a soft spot for his two kind of project friends in wrestling, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who he, he wants to see have opportunity. He does not mm -hmm. want to see held back. Does this influence Daniel Bryan in a way where he allows them to win? I think there's a chance that could happen. I mean, we got to go back to when he was firing these two a few weeks back. He was emotional. very hesitant. Yeah, emotional. very emotional. Very hesitant to pull the trigger in firing these two men. I don't want to say that Daniel Bryan would lay down for them. No. I don't want to say that, that Daniel Bryan would throw that match. Because this is Daniel no Bryan one, we're talking this about. This is Daniel Bryan. He's not going to let anybody yes. get one over on him. But do does his emotions, when he goes to pin for a 1-2-3, does that hesitation, that slight moment of hesitation keep these men from cost their jobs. him? Does that cost him the match yeah. on his return? Knowing Kevin Owens... Or does, is or does, or does Shane McMahon... Ruin the whole match because of his injuries. I mean, let's not forget here. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon have been against, you know, have been at odds now for many, many, uh, many, many months. They have been feuding of sorts behind the scenes on SmackDown. So that could obviously play a factor. Are they a cohesive unit? I guess we'll find out at WrestleMania when they step in the ring. But Daniel Bryan, if he pins Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn, Owens has to go home without a job. His family that he talks all about. Daddy doesn't have a job anymore at WWE. Will Daniel Bryan pull that trigger, knowing he has a kid at home himself? 
Will he allow that to happen is my question. Yeah, and then that is the absolute battle in the internal struggle that Daniel Bryan has been going through this whole time. He did not expect to be in this position, and now his heart is torn in two directions. Does he want to do right by his friend and co-colleague Shane McMahon? Absolutely. Does he respect Shane McMahon? Absolutely. Have they butted heads? Have they disagreed, especially about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Absolutely. But all I know is that Kevin Owens will do whatever it takes. Sami Zayn, maybe not. Sami Zayn definitely has more compassion than Kevin does. But Kevin is a soulless competitor. He does not care that Daniel Bryan is returning. Mm -hmm. He does not care about what the fans think. He does not care how loud that arena gets. Kevin Owens will run over anyone to do what he does because he is a prize fighter. That's what he's after. And you can't have a prize if you don't have a job. So... In that vein, the, the history between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens combined against a totally out of competition Daniel Bryan and a very injured Shane McMahon, I do believe that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have a bit of an upper hand going into this, despite the momentum, despite the emotion, and despite all of the jubilation surrounding Daniel Bryan's return. Uh, I, I don't think... That I think the crowd will find themselves similar to the uh, New England Patriots this year, a little quiet and stifled. <laughs> I got to agree with that. I mean, Daniel Bryan has not stepped inside a ring for a wrestling match in over three years. Let's not forget that fact either. Um, so I do think the ball is in Owens and Zayn court, and I think they will get their jobs back one way or another at WrestleMania. We will be certainly unpopular in that commentary, and that is quite all right because that is what WrestleRant Radio is all about. This has been a monumentally wonderful, wonderful (laughs) moment for us to get get the band back together to go and do what we love to do, and that is talk shop, talk wrestling, talk championships, talk feuds, talk men's division, women's division, the everything that the WWE brings to this world is absolutely glorious. (laughs) Tied it all in. Graham, final thoughts. Uh, Well, Tommy Sharp, great to be back here at Endicott College breaking down WrestleMania with you. Could not have picked a better time to have a WrestleRant radio reunion. Mere days ahead of WrestleMania 34. Wish you all the best, brother. Hope you enjoy the event. We will get done with Northeast Wrestling event at some point this coming summer. But it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Good day to be great and a great day to be on WrestleRant radio. So again, Tommy Sharp, uh, appreciate you coming back here on WrestleRant radio. It has been amazing. A simply phenomenal experience, or should I say, too sweet. Hey, throw, throw up the horns, pal. It's the 90s. Too Too sweet. sweet. We'll see you next time.